All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity that I get to just uh, be able to just be used by you, Lord God, to just speak to your children. Lord, I pray that uh, your spirit would just uh, fill this room, Lord, again, that your spirit would just move powerfully, that you'd make your presence known, Lord, that you would uh, just speak to us through your word, that you just direct our paths, Lord, you light our footsteps as we just desire to just draw near to you. So please just do a, a powerful thing that only you can do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so today I was asked to teach because Johnny's not here. Um, He's enjoying some vacation time that he doesn't normally get, so I get to step in. I'm pretty excited to get the opportunity to teach you guys and to pour into you guys, so thanks for being here um, and desiring to, to grow in your relationships with the Lord. So the message title, this is like the hardest part of my whole study is trying to find a title. I feel like so much pressure trying to come up with a cool title. Um, So I came up with We the Sheeple. It's kind of a play on words, right? Um, So what we're going to be talking about today is this concept of we being sheep and Jesus being our good shepherd, right? So we are sheeple, like people, right? Because we're followers, because we we wander around and we just kind of follow the masses. So what we're going to do today... We're going to kind of dive into some of the aspects of what relates us to sheep, what makes Jesus the good shepherd, and ultimately how that relationship looks in our own lives. Um, so first I want to ask one thing before we get started. If you, any of you guys brought your pride into the vicinity, just go ahead and just toss it out the door. Um, we're not going to need that today. We're going to allow ourselves to be humbled under the mighty right hand of God today, um, as we should be doing every day. So hopefully we'll be encouraged today. So has anyone ever heard the quote, wolves do not concern themselves with the opinions of sheep? Has anybody ever heard that? Yeah? Okay, so for some reason, not by coincidence, three of my clients said that this week. They're like, wolves do not concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. And if you don't know what that means, what they're saying is, um, I'm better than you, or I'm better than these people. They're saying that in comparison to these people who are sheep, who are not very smart, if you know anything about a sheep, that they're just superior, right? So it's kind of like a trying to build myself up kind of aspect or attitude or mentality at, look how big and bad I am, and I'm a predator, I'm going to get what I want, I'm a, I'm a go-getter. Basically, almost like I'm, a, I'm God's gift to the world. You better look out for me, the world's going to know my name kind of mentality. And I thought that was interesting because even in my own life, pride is something that I definitely struggle with. I love the, the praises of man. I love to be put, you know, on a pedestal. I love competing. I love winning, all of these things. So I'm a very prideful man. So um, it kind of makes sense that this would kind of come up as I'm given the opportunity to teach today. Um, but in reality, you know, none of us are really wolves at the end of the day. We like to think of ourselves that way, that we got it all together, that we're very independent, but we're just not. At the end of the day, behind closed doors, we're all broken, we're all hurting, we're all in need of something, we're all lacking something. And we put up these hard exteriors, and we put up these big walls, and we, we try to make ourselves be seen as something we're not, so we don't let people in to be hurt more. But that's just not who we are at the core of our beings, we're, we're all broken, So, you know, there's a lot of things in this world. There's a lot of motivational quotes you can go find. There's a lot of cliches. 
you know, you go to like a football stadium, they got all the quotes all over the walls and in the high schools and at my work, you know, it's all about the quote, Monday quote, Monday motivation kind of thing to try to build you up, which isn't a bad thing, but it can be taken to an extreme. So when you really come to the terms with the fact that we really don't have much influence in this world, that the world probably is never going to know who Joshua Garland is on the grand scheme of things, that my name really doesn't matter that much. It makes it a lot easier because a lot of us are stressing to try to get recognized, to try to get props, to try to get put in a spot where people can see how great we are, when in reality, that's not really who we are at all. So honestly, the world will never know our names. So we like to think of ourselves as wolves, but we're all just sheep. So I'm sure you guys have heard of this the phrase, a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? So I like to think of us, we're sheep in wolf's clothing. So we're a little old sheep trying to be a big bad wolf in a wolf suit, trying to scare people, trying to intimidate people, trying to you know, impose our will upon people when we're just a little sheep underneath all that, all that fake stuff. So we're trying our hardest to be something that we're really not. And I think that's a struggle that all of us can relate to, trying to fit in and trying to be something that we're not. But at the end of the day, we're sheep. And if you don't agree with that, that's okay, because we're going to see that we're referenced to as sheep over and over and over again in the Bible. And that's not a bad thing to be a sheep. I actually have enjoyed my time as a sheep in God's flock because I have someone that provides for me. I have someone that guides me, someone that looks after me, all of these things, which is a very freeing thing. You know, we like to think we're very independent, but we're very dependent. So our shepherd, of course, is Jesus Christ. He references himself as the good shepherd in John 10. Psalm 23.1 says, as we read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 95.7, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today, if you would hear his voice. Psalm 79.13, so we, your people, and the sheep of your pasture will give thanks to you forever. To all generations will tell of your praise. And Ezekiel thirty four thirty one. As for you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, you are men, and I am your God, declares the Lord. So if you want to try to argue that you're not a sheep, I mean, your argument's not going to stack up because it is clearly written that we are sheep. That's just who we are. So I want to kind of break down this idea of the characteristics of sheep and how we relate to that. Now, I found a pretty big list of about 15 characteristics, and some of them I didn't really think were necessary, like, um, you know, sheep are not that intelligent, they're not very smart, they're not good-looking, and I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm definitely all those things, so we're just going to leave those out. Um, so number one, sheep are dependent. So sheep are dependent on their shepherd. Uh, most animals can cope and thrive without any close supervision, but not a sheep. A sheep will literally die if it doesn't have its shepherd. It'll either be killed, it'll drown, it'll somehow or another the sheep are going to die. They do not have the ability to be independent. So what a perfect description of us. Right? Humans, we are dependent. We are designed to be dependent on something, on God. If we're not dependent on God, we're going to be dependent on something else. Literally and figuratively. If you look at Adam and Eve in the, in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, they were dependent on God's creation. 
They sinned against God, they separated themselves, and they died. They have to be dependent on something. And if you don't believe me, we can take a look at our world and our lack of ability to cope with things that we go through in our lives. You know, sometimes we can find little outlets and little things that help short-term, but nothing this world offers long-term is going to fulfill us, is going to be able to help us cope with what we go through. You know, that's why we have groups like Alcoholics Anonymous and different drug programs. Because when we're stressed, we become dependent on drug, sex, alcohol, money, whatever it is, we will find our dependency somewhere if it's not in Christ. Has anybody here ever been... No, I don't have to answer this. I've been to counseling many times, right? So these counselors, these therapists, literally make hundreds of dollars per hour for, for us to sit there and tell them our problems. You know why? Because we need something to be dependent upon. We need someone to listen to us because if we hold it in, we're going to explode. So these people are reaping the benefits of our dependency, literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars an hour for some of these higher-up therapists to tell your problems to. When do you even go to Jesus and do it for free? That shows our dependency. You know, we have more motivational literature, bumper stickers, books, different things you can buy to help pump you up. We have books and seminars and speakers and people making millions of dollars on how to be happy and how to be successful because we can't do it on our own. We're dependent on those people. How to have a successful marriage because we can't in our own strength. And they have all those different books. Like you go to the Barnes and Noble, they have a whole section of the four dummies. You know, how to preach for dummies. Like that's the one I read. Um, you know, how to build a house for dummies. How to work out for dummies. You have all these dummy books because we really don't know how to do anything. We're absolutely dependent on something. And if we were able to be independent, if we were able to cope with the things in the world on our own, and we had that ability then 350 million people worldwide wouldn't be suffering from depression and suicide wouldn't be an epidemic in our culture if we had the ability to cope and be independent of, of God. We wouldn't be struggling with those things worldwide. So when we come to terms with the truth that we have no control over our lives, it makes it that much easier to depend upon Jesus. You know, that was my prayer when I first gave my life to the Lord, was, Lord, I just can't do this. I can't take this weight anymore. It's too much for me. Take it from me. I don't want to do life anymore. That was my specific prayer. And you think about people that think they're in control of their lives, you really see what little control you have. Like, you can't even control when you go to the bathroom. You can't even control when you blink or when you breathe or anything. You don't have control. You can, like, yeah, you can, you know kind of do your little thing in certain situations, but in the grand scheme of life, you don't have any control over your life, over the circumstances. I can't even stop blinking if I wanted to. It just, it just happens. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So that's the only thing we're going to accomplish anything everlasting in this world is by his spirit. Not by what I can do in my ability and my own strength, but by the Spirit of the Lord. He's the one that allows us. He's the one that gives us all our abilities. If you're great at you know, selling cars or if you're great at organization, guess what? 
To God be the glory because by his spirit he's given you that gift. So we're definitely dependent. Number two, sheep are slow learners. So if you were to talk to a shepherd, I've done a lot of like shepherding research this week. It's been very interesting. It's really quite a fascinating job. Um, So these sheep, they're such slow learners that day after day after day after day, the sheep will wander away and it'll get stuck in like barbed wire every day trying to escape. Or it'll get stuck in a hole trying to squeeze through somewhere every day. Or it'll jump in the water and get washed down the river and the shepherd has to go and get him out of the river or get him out of the barbed wire or pull him out of the hole every single day. Because they're just slow learners. They're stubborn. And aren't we slow learners? Aren't we stubborn with our sin? There's a reason why we continue to fall into sin and we stumble and because we're slow learners. We like to make ourselves forget, oh, that actually hurt last time. For some reason, we keep trying to live in in our own flesh. We keep trying to walk in the world with one foot in the Spirit, and it doesn't work. We keep trying to make our will happen. We keep trying to force our way through that little hole in the world, and we just keep getting stuck. Time after time, lie after lie, we keep getting stuck in the Bible, and we keep getting cut up and injured. So at some point, we need to ask ourselves the hard questions. You know, what are we doing? Why are we doing these things? You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's all of our lives when it comes to sin. Why do we keep doing this expecting that it's going to turn out in a positive fashion? It just doesn't happen. That's not what the, that's not what the Word teaches. So for me... I had to sit down at one point and say, okay, Josh, so when has going out to the, to the bars, getting so drunk that you pass out, throw up on yourselves, make a fool of yourself, when has that ever resulted in a positive thing in my life? Oh, never. Okay, so why are you doing that? I don't know. Because it's fun short time, but long term, I mean, my friends don't like me, I have to go back and apologize, I spend a lot of money, so I'll just not do that anymore. Or how about the last time uh, you went and, and lied to one of your customers, Joshua, to make a quick sale? Yeah, you got paid. Yeah, your manager's happy. boy. but when did you ever feel good walking away from something like that? Never. You feel dirty when you lie and you cheat somebody. Yeah, you got through it momentarily, but what are you building your business? What are you building your life upon? Or when was the last time anything good came from gossiping about your friends or family And then they come back later and find out that you said this about them and you said that about them and now they don't ever want to talk to you again. When's the last time that gossip ever benefited you? Never. So why do we keep doing it? Because we're stubborn. Because we're slow learners, just like a sheep is. We get stuck in that barbed wire, stuck in that hole time after time. Ephesians 4.18 says, Having their understanding darkened, but alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness in their heart? The answer is because we're sinners, guys. Because we do not default to godliness, we default to sin. We default to unrighteousness. So we're going to keep falling and tripping and stumbling because that's just who we are. And to think anything else is, is foolish in and of ourselves. It's only Christ that makes us able to overcome those things. 
It's only Christ that is able to give us the power to, to have victory over these things. So we're definitely slow learners. Number three, sheep are copycats or followers, hence sheeple, because the majority of our society is followers. They just follow what other people do. So if you go and study sheep and you look at the, the farms or the pastures, um, if one, steep, one sheep starts running, all the sheep start running. They don't even know why they all start running. If one sheep jumps in the water, all the sheep start jumping in the water. They don't even know what's happening. They just start doing it because they, they just follow. If one sheep jumps off the cliff, they all just start jumping off the cliff. Bah, bah, just, just plummeting because they follow. And what a spot-on characteristic of us, especially myself. You know, we're followers. We'll follow what the world is doing around us. For the most part. And for me, as you guys may know, I work at a gym, and I see it all the time. It's just like a sight to behold. So last year, the big one that really made me chuckle was, all of a sudden, these people started coming in the gym, and they had these little man buns, like right here. Like one guy one week, and then it was like three guys the next week. And then like seven guys, and all of a sudden like everybody has them. And some people can pull them off, but like a big guy like me, it's like, what are you doing? with? What is that? It's because it was like the cool thing to do, and everybody was doing it, even though it looks silly. And then the next week, it's like neon workout clothes, and everybody's got the vibrant pink and the vibrant green. But now we're like, right now we're back to more like neutral colors, like blacks and blues. You know, that's, the neon's kind of faded out a little bit, and now we're in that area. But now CrossFit's real, real popular. But last year it was all about powerlifting. But then it's going to be functional. It's like there's just all these fads that people follow. And they don't even know why. Because they see other people doing it. And like, wow, that's kind of cool. Eight people are doing it. Maybe I should do that. It's just like a sheep. Everybody's jumping in the water. Maybe I should jump in. That's what we do. Or a bigger example. The sex culture in our country. Right? You look at the music. You look at the movies, the commercials, you see what all the kids are wearing. You know, even little girls, 10, 11, 12 years old, wearing little spandex shorts, little crop tops, showing off stuff that shouldn't be showing off. They even have apps now called Tinder where you can go on this app specifically for the purpose of hooking up with somebody. They just get right to the point, one hookup, and you can just, just do it. It's crazy. And there's no, it brings no surprise that, you know, Sexually transmitted diseases are at an all-time high because our, our entire culture is based around sex now. It's everywhere. Go to the mall, walk around, you'll see it in the windows, the people representing it. And people are buying into that stuff because these little kids see it and if, if I don't dress like these girls then I'm not going to be cool in school and I'm not going to be popular and no one's going to talk to me and I'm going to be shunned. So they naturally will just start to follow because that's what everyone else around them is doing. Or how about the American dream? Right? So you graduate high school, you graduate college, you get a career, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids in like a specific order, right? So those are all good things. But we shouldn't be so stressed to the point of making ourselves sick that if we do something out of order that it's going to destroy our lives. Like, oh man, I'm, I'm 30 years old, I don't have a kid yet. Like, it's okay. But all my friends have kids. It's okay. Just rely upon the Lord. I see people so stressed, but I'm not married yet. I'm 32. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Because the American dream is not necessarily God's dream for you. 
Those are good things to want, good things to desire, but God has something specifically for you that is amazing and special and, and unique to what he knows you need. So we need to rely on what he wants out of our lives instead of what the culture and the people around us are impressing in our lives, are forcing us to conform to. As Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So we should not allow this world to, con- to conform our minds. For us to conform to what people say we should be doing in Hollywood to say what we should be looking like and all these different things, but we should allow the Spirit of God and God's Word to transform our minds, to be sanctified, to become more like Him, to the image of Jesus. That's who we should be following. The example of Christ and how He lived His life and what He says. The red letters in your Bible are the things you should be following. Not what these people say in Hollywood and the media and all this stuff. Pay no attention. Pay attention to what's read in your Bible. And if you don't have one, get one. The red print, it's pretty cool. Oh, Jesus said that. That's red. I'm a very simple man, so that's how my brain works. Oh, I know what he said. It's red. Cool. So guys, we're more like sheep than we want to admit at the end of the day. We're dependent on something. We're slow learners and we all follow. We're sheeple. So Jesus himself calls himself the good shepherd in John ten eleven, as I said earlier. And, you know, I like to thank him every day that he's my good shepherd, that I have just such an amazing God looking out for me, directing me for my best interests, nurturing me, all of these things. So Jesus, as the good shepherd, he protects his sheep. Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So just like the shepherd defends his flock, protects his flock, just like David did. He killed lions. He killed bears because they wanted to get at his sheep. And he says, oh, no, no, with his sling, strikes them down. Jesus protects us. We're under his covering of protection. He fights our battles for us. We stand in his righteousness, put on the armor of God, and allow him to do the work. It's a beautiful thing. It's very freeing to allow him to, to stand there for us. Jesus guides us as the shepherd guides the sheep through the pastures. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Just like the shepherd says, this way, not that way. This way is too dangerous. That way is not dangerous. Go here. It's not about what we perceive. It's about what he perceives. And he guides us by his word. He guides us by his spirit. So if we want to be guided in this world, if we're struggling, we have to open this this book we have. We have to allow him to guide us. Or else we're just going to be a wandering sheep out in the pasture somewhere, confused and injured. He nurtures us. Romans 8.15 says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. He's nurturing and caring like a father. We have that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ where we can come to him as, as his son, as his daughter. No other religion in the world can you approach 
their God like that. Don't let anybody deceive you. In Islam, it's not father-son. It's not father-daughter. It's slave-master. There's no other religion in the world that you can have this kind of intimate relationship where you can cry out, Father, Daddy, help me. And as I look at my son growing up, he just gives me that beautiful picture as I see him grow and I see him start to understand the world around him as he, he stands up and he falls and he stands up and he falls trying to walk and just how God's so patient with me as I, I fall and I stumble and he's just like, get up, son. Let me show you. You want to learn to brush your teeth today? Let me show you. Let's do it together. And that's the relationship we have with, with Jesus. It's amazing. And then finally, he lays down his life for us. He laid down his life for us. John 10, 11 through 13. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. The picture is set, Jesus keeping watch over us as his sheep. So Jesus will go, Jesus went to the cross for us. He died for us, for our sins, so we wouldn't have to endure that punishment of sin and death. That's something you can put your trust in. Someone that died for you, someone that gave his life for you, who was perfect, sinless, and took your place on the cross so that we wouldn't have to endure it. And the world is the hireling. As soon as something bad happens, as soon as the wolf comes, he's like, I'm out. Hey, my sheep. We put our trust in the world, hoping the world's going to hold us up when these things come, and the world's like, mm, I'm out. I don't know you. He's saying, my sheep, wolf, go get at it. Have yourself a day. Because the world doesn't care about us. The world is our enemy. It wants to destroy us. And it's run by the, the devil, who's also our enemy who wants to destroy us. So why would we put our trust in something that's going to let us down? Now, I'll never forget the biggest letdown I've had of my, my Christian walk by the world was when I became a manager, probably told this a million times, but I became a manager at 24-Hour Fitness, and my big goal when I got hired, I'm like, I want to make $70,000 as a manager. And I did it one year. I got my, you know, my W-2s, and it was like $71,000. I'm all, I was so mad. In my mind, I'm like, I should be happy. Why don't I have a nicer car? Why do I still live where I live? Why do I still have these same clothes? Why, 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 why? If I, have, if I had this, I'm, I should have that. And where's my extra money? Because the world lies to you. It says once you reach this point, you'll have this level of happiness. No. That's a lie. A lie from the pit of hell. And I was mad. Because it promised me this. It promised me happiness, but it gave me only Emptiness. So you can't put your trust in those things because they have no vested interest in us. <clears throat> so the main point I wanted to get to, this is what really stood out to me this week as I was just praying and seeking the Lord is this idea of Jesus being the shepherd and us being the sheep. So when the sheep wanders, as we wander and we wander day after day, we stray, we stray. At some point, the shepherd goes after the sheep, takes the sheep, he breaks his leg. So he can't wander, right? 
So then the shepherd takes the sheep and puts them on his shoulders. And he'll carry the sheep around until the leg is healed. During that time of the shepherd carrying the sheep around, the sheep develops such a deep relationship, such a deep bond with the shepherd, that the sheep doesn't have a need to wander anymore. It doesn't need to run away because he trusts his shepherd, because he knows his shepherd's voice, because the shepherd carried him. And I thought, what an amazing picture of our lives with Jesus. You know, it may sound extreme that he breaks the sheep's legs, but we become broken. God's going to let us wander. He's going to let us get stuck in those holes, get stuck in that barbed wire. We're going to get broken bones. But he's always willing to pick us up and put us on his shoulders and carry us whenever we need. And it's just a beautiful picture. You know, how many times have we experienced that? A deep breaking that we go through that causes a full dependence upon the Lord because we have no choice. Because we come to a point to where we can't go on anymore in our own ability. You know, every time I'm broken, every time I wander and wander, I'm forced to allow the Lord to carry that burden for me. You know, it's not just for me, cast your burdens upon me as the Bible says. I'm like, Lord, take everything. Take my whole life. Not just my burdens. Take it all. I don't want any of it. Because your plan is just so good. First Peter 2.25 says, For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseers of your soul. So through that time of dependence upon him, we come back to him. We learn more about Jesus. You grow in your relationship with him. You understand his love. You understand how he operates in your life. You start to learn his voice because you're just so close to him. You know when he speaks to you. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me. I was at a pastor's conference, and one of the, man, one of the best quotes I ever heard from a pastor's conference I went to was, when my father speaks, I know, his, I know his voice. I was like, wow, how powerful is that? Coming from someone who had that experience as a non-believer. He said, I didn't even believe in Christ, but when my father spoke, I knew his voice. Just a powerful picture. So what a blessing as a child of God to have this kind of relationship, to have the one who loves you and created you and died for you, to depend on for all the things that you need. That's what we all want. That's what we all desire deep down in our hearts. That's why we work so hard. That's why we try to do all these things and be happy because we just want to be fulfilled. So Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He doesn't say he's going to provide all of your needs through your job. He doesn't say he's going to provide all of your needs through your girlfriend or your wife, through your car. He says he's going to provide everything through riches in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> to have the one who has never-ending patience, mercy, and grace always redirecting you. No, no, this way. No, no, that way. This is the way. It may not look like it, but trust me. It's a beautiful thing. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So we're just lucky to be his sheep. But then there's a flip side for those people who are not his sheep, for those people that do not know his voice, for those people that do not have a relationship with him. It's dangerous. And I'd be worried if I didn't know the Lord's voice. If I didn't become convicted when I would sin. 
If I wasn't sensitive to when he's directing me, oh, Josh, go pray with that person. No. Yes, I'm busy. No, you're not. Go. But I got, no, just go. I got to get to work. That's okay. You'll be fine. It's a dangerous place to be, not hearing your father's voice. So if you're not part of his flock at the end of the day, you don't really have him looking after you. He's not shepherding you if you're not part of his flock. Most people think that we're all children of God, but we're not. You have to be born into the kingdom of heaven, the Bible says. As I read earlier, you're adopted into his family. We're all created by God, but we're not all his children until we're reborn through Christ Jesus. So you don't have him to depend on when you're stuck in that barbed wire. You're just going to be cut up and bleeding as long as you stay there until you call out to him, until you call out to your shepherd, until you call out to your father. Save me, help me, I can't do this. John eight forty seven says, He who is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear because you're not of God. A dangerous place to be, guys. And I'm sure there's many people in our lives, there's many friends, family, co-workers who do not know the voice of the Lord. We need to show them. We need to be that example for them. You know, I talk to people and they ask me questions. I say, well, I'll pray about that. Or how would you handle this situation? I say, well, I have to pray about that. And then the Lord gives me an answer. Well, you hear the Lord's voice? Yeah. And then they're intrigued. You want me to teach you? Let me show you how you can hear the Lord's voice? Yeah. You open up the scripture. You pray with them and you show them the truth. And that's something we should all be doing as a sheep is trying to bring others to the flock, trying to bring others into the protection that he provides to us as he nurtures us, as he guides us. Yeah, we're all going to be stubborn. We're all going to stray away time and time again. So we're all going to need to be hurt and broken from time to time. But hopefully, through that growing process, it's going to be less and less and less. You know, for me, I feel like I had to have every bone in my, my body broken when I met the Lord. So that's why I love sharing with people. That's why I'm so passionate about evangelizing because I don't want people to have to get to the point to where I was. I don't want people to have to get as broken as I was. I want them to avoid that. So that's why I'm so passionate about sharing the love of God with people because like, man, I don't want you to have to go as, as deep as I went. I don't want you to have to feel as broken inside as I feel. Just come in the flock. He's ready. We got room. There's plenty of room in this pasture. So we should be desiring those things. We should be seeking out those people and sharing about the good shepherd. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the good shepherd, that you are faithful to us, Lord, that you have called us out of this world, Lord, that you have brought us into your own, adopted us as your sons and daughters, and that we can call on you, Lord, that we can come to you as as Abba Father, as Daddy, as you just nurture us, Lord, and you pour your grace out upon us, and your mercy is never-ending, Lord God, and I pray that your faithfulness and your love would just create a desire, Lord, create an urgency in our hearts to share that love with other people, to direct them to your flock, Lord, to where you provide all things through your Son's name, Lord, where you meet all of our needs. Because without you, Lord, we can do nothing. We'll continue to get stuck in those holes. We'll continue to get stuck in that barbed wire. We'll continue to jump in the water after the world and just be swept away as an afterthought, Lord. So I pray that you would just 
Give us that fire by your Holy Spirit in our hearts, Lord. Give us that power, the same power that rose your son from the dead, Lord, that overcame the grave. And I thank you for this opportunity. I pray we be encouraged. And please, Lord, be with Pastor Johnny as he's just traveling back today. You may give him and his, uh, his wife traveling mercies so they can be back safe for next week. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.